I'm Kathy Davidson, and welcome to our women's meeting. We have a group of women here and some men that are endeavoring to walk in the kingdom of God, in the power of God, in the power of God, the miracles, the healings, the casting out the devils. That's what we're after. And we welcome you to join us, and we ask that you use your faith and let God minister to you. Amen? Amen. Tarasandosati. Lara parati andasa, lara tondosi, tara pondasiata, la soto kiate sandasa, lara porosiate, andasiata korosandakietisa tatse. It was not the rock that put down Goliath. It was not David that put Goliath down. It was not the sling that put Goliath down. What put Goliath down? My spirit, saith the Lord, put Goliath on the ground. And who was the one that threw the rock? Who was the one that knew what God he served? David. David's faith was in, the, was in God, not in the rock. David's faith, he said when he came out, he said, I come at you not, not in the flesh, but in the spirit of the living God. And guess who took a hold of the rock? That's what we want you to do, saith the Lord. It is not you. It is not the weapons in your hands. It is the spirit of God with you. Walk in the spirit. Pray in the spirit. Expect in the spirit and watch your enemies fall. Amen. Ooh. I like that one. It is so fun. It is so fun to get in get into spiritual combat with the devil. Oh, it's exasperating. It burns the calories. Sometimes it even hurts. But you know what? When you go in, you always know you're going to win. You're always going to win. How can you beat that? Now, let's open with prayer. My Heavenly Father, my Heavenly Father, I thank you that you are with us. I thank you that you sent Jesus for us. Father, I thank you. Open our eyes that we can see. Open our ears that we can hear. Open our heart like you did for Lydia, that we can attend unto the things which are spoken. Turn us from darkness to light, from the power of Satan unto you. And I ask this in Jesus' name, amen. Last week we began a series of what the gospel bought. And I want to, we're going to go on with that today. We're going to talk about forgiveness of sins. But first I want to cover some things because I realize that a lot of people now are watching these videos that aren't, that haven't been here, that they are new. In fact, we got a group in Brazil that's watching. Hey, nice to see you. We've got Zimbabwe watching. We've got other countries in Africa watching. We've got people in the United States that have never even heard of Water of Life. You know what? That's cool. As long as you've heard of Jesus. Now, if you will go with me to 1 Corinthians 15. The series is what Jesus bought for us. What Jesus bought. What Jesus bought for us. Now, on the cross, what the gospel bought. I'm sorry, it's what the gospel bought. So if you will go with me to 1 Corinthians 15, verse 1. First, I want to make sure everybody knows what the gospel is what the gospel is. How, you know, if you don't know what it is, it doesn't matter what it bought for you. 
All right. Moreover, brethren, I declare unto you, and this is the Apostle Paul speaking. The Apostle Paul, the Jew, the one that was a Pharisee, the one that hated Christians and became one of the strongest. Moreover, brethren, I declare unto you the gospel which I preach unto you, which also you have received, and wherein you stand. We stand in the gospel, by which also you are saved, if you keep in memory what I preached unto you, unless you have believed in vain. You can believe and then stop believing, and it's vain. It's a waste, a waste. You must keep believing. That right there kills once saved, always saved. Kills it with two words. If is the first one. And unless you have believed in vain. Well, we're not going to believe in vain. We're going to believe. For I delivered unto you, first of all, that which I also received. Paul received it first. He said, how that Christ died for our sins according to the scriptures. I love that. According to the scriptures. He died according to the scriptures. His death was prophesied 2,000, 3,000 years before he even showed up. The gospel was preached to Adam. Isn't that beautiful? Jesus knew he was going to the cross before the world was even created. It says how that Christ died for our sins according to the scriptures and that he was buried and that he rose again the third day according to the scriptures. It was all written in the Old Testament. It's in there over and over and over again. When God opens your eyes, you can't help to see the gospel in the Old Testament. Every prophet talks about the gospel. If you have eyes to see. And that's why we pray at the beginning of this program. For us women and for others. That you open our eyes God. So we can see. So we can see this. Now go with me to Romans 1. Now we know. Now we know what the gospel bought. What the gospel is. The gospel is that Jesus died. Uh, for our sins according to the scriptures. He died. He was buried. And he rose again according to the scriptures. That is the bona fide definition of the gospel. That's what bought us what he bought us. Now, Romans 1, 16. This is again the Apostle Paul speaking to the Romans. He said, for I am not ashamed of the gospel of Christ. I am not ashamed of it. I'm not afraid to use it, is what he's saying. And we know that gospel, that gospel, we just found the definition, is the death burial, and resurrection of Jesus, our Messiah. His death, burial, and resurrection is the gospel. Prophesied thousands of years before. I am not ashamed of the gospel of Christ. Why? For it is the power of God unto salvation. The power of God. There's where the power is. In the death, burial, and resurrection. The power of God unto salvation. And that salvation is anything we need. If we need deliverance and God delivers us, that's salvation. If we need a job and God brings us a job, that's salvation. If we have a broken heart 
and God heals that broken heart, that is salvation. If we have sickness, disease, or pain in our body, and Jesus comes and heals us, that is salvation. It's not just being born again. Born again is just the beginning. Born again is the necessary start. You can't, it says you can't even see the power of God, the kingdom of God, until you're born again. But once you're born again and you have that seed of Jesus in you, oh, 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 what an adventure you are about to partake of. For Paul said, it is the power of God unto salvation to everyone that believeth. That believeth. It is for everyone that believeth to the Jew first and also to the Greek. To everyone that believeth. You see, you have, you have a job. You have to believe it. That's, that's your job. You know that's about the only job you have is to believe it. Everything else works to get you to believe it. All the reading, all the praying, everything is to get you to believe it. The believing. That's when it manifests. 17, for therein is the righteousness of God revealed from faith to faith as it is written, the just shall live by faith. Do you see that? The just shall live by faith. That is the wonderful thing about the gospel. We are no longer under the law. We no longer follow the Ten Commandments. We live by faith. And we'll see that probably next week. That the gospel is to all that believe. And that gospel, when that man was put on the cross, and you could see from the walls of Jerusalem him hanging on Calvary. That man on Calvary that was prophesied thousands of years before, that all the prophets talked about, looked for, couldn't wait for. Abraham knew it was coming. I love what Jesus said, Abraham saw my day, and he was glad. Oh, I bet you he was glad. He had to almost kill his own son so that somebody else's son would die for us. In that beautiful, Abraham saw the, the day of Jesus and he was glad. Which means that dead isn't so dead. Now, turn with me to 1 John 1, 29. This is some of my favorite scriptures in the Bible. The next day, John the Baptist, seeing Jesus coming unto him, and saith, Behold the Lamb of God. Behold the Lamb of God who taketh away the sin of the world. You know, nobody knew who Jesus was yet. Nobody had any idea who he was. Oh, he taught in their synagogues. It says so. He was a rabbi. It says so. He taught in their synagogues, but nobody knew who he was. But John, but John, John knew. That's why God sent John to get everybody ready. And what does John say when he sees him? That's his cousin, my cousin Jesus. 
John sees him coming and he says, Behold the Lamb of God, which taketh away the sin from the world. John knew. And John knew right there that it wasn't just the Jews Jesus was going to die for. He said, Who taketh away the sins of the world. John knew. How did John know? The Spirit of God that was in him, that led him, that told him what to say, what he said. John knew what Jesus was. He was going to take away the sins of the world. Do you know that includes you? Do you know that includes me? John knew my sins were going to be taken away. Amen? He knew your sins were too. All right, now go with me to Isaiah 59. We're going to look at why Jesus came. It says that in, in 1 Corinthians, it says that Jesus died according, or Jesus, um, yeah, Jesus died according to the scriptures, that he was buried, that he was raised again. Why did he, it says he died for our sins, according to the scriptures. Died for our sins. Why? Why did Jehovah, the God of all gods, why did he send his only begotten son to take away our sins? If you will go to Isaiah 59, I'm going to begin in verse 1. Behold the Lord's, the Lord's hand. You need to see this. Behold the Lord's hand is not shortened, that it cannot save. Do you see that? Somebody needs to see that. Behold, the Lord's hand is not shortened that it cannot save. Neither his ear heavy that it cannot hear. You cannot say God can't help you. It tells you right here why you're not being heard. But verse 2, but your iniquities, your sins, have separated between you and your God. Did you know he was your God? Did you even know you had a God? Do you know he is your God? Ah, but Allah is my God. This God is above Allah. He is the God of all gods. He is the God over all gods. He's over the gods of Singapore. He is over the gods of the Middle East. He is over the gods of China. He is over the gods of Japan. He is the God of all gods. He is far above all gods. They didn't stretch out the heavens like a curtain. Our God did. Do you know he's your God? That is your God. Do you even know you have a God? He is your God. And he says, but your iniquities have separated between you and your God. And your sins have hid his face from you that he will not hear. It says in another place that God cannot look on iniquity. He, our God, is so great and so pure. He is light and there is no darkness in him at all. He cannot even look on sin. 
You can't even look on it. That's why your voice isn't being heard. There's iniquity. And he can't look at you. And he can't hear you. But you know what? He sent the Calvary. I love when we were kids. We used to, I used to, my dad was a, a, loved cowboy movies. Oh, I watched them all. And, and you always had that movie where they were in desperate need and they sent the Calvary. Well, guess what? The Calvary's already been here. Calvary's already happened. It's already done. The Calvary's already been here. There is help. There is hope. That's why he sent Jesus. He sent him to rescue us. He sent him to save us. It says he didn't come to condemn us. He sent Jesus. He sent Jesus to save us. He sent him to save us. He didn't come to condemn you. It says that in the word of God that cannot be broken. He did not come to condemn you. He sent Jesus to save you. It is so beautiful. Jesus didn't come on his own. He was sent. And he was sent to save you. How did he do that? He went to the cross. Now if you will go with me to Isaiah 53. We are going to see how Jesus took away the sin of the world. Jesus took away the sin of the world. Jesus had to for us to have any hope. And all right, Isaiah 53, I'm going to begin in verse 5. This is Jesus on the cross. Isaiah prophesied this 700 years before Jesus even walked on the earth. It says, verse 5, but he was wounded for our transgressions. He was bruised. For our iniquities. He was put on the cross for us. He was wounded for our transgressions. Against who? Against God. Against each other. Against God. And against each other. He said he was wounded for our transgressions. He was bruised for our iniquities. The chastisement, the punishment, the correction of our peace was upon him and with his stripes we are healed. All we like sheep have gone astray. Everyone has gone astray. Everyone has gone astray. You know, I love it. The word of God cannot be broken. If you are saying to yourself, well, I have never sinned, you just did. Welcome to the club. All have gone astray. All have gone astray. It says, all we like sheep have gone astray. We have turned everyone to his own way. And the Lord, that's Jehovah, has laid on him the iniquity of us all. There's where sin went. Jesus came to earth in a man's body. It says in Hebrews, it says, Thou hast prepared me a body. He needed a body. He was a God. He didn't have a body. He was a God. He was a God. It says he, um, it says he wasn't even afraid to be called equal to God. Why? He was a God. 
He was a God. It says in Philippians 3, 2, that he humbled himself. Humbled himself. Why? Because the God of all gods told him to go save us. And he humbled himself. And he laid aside. He put down. Put it down. All his divinity. All his godly powers he laid down. Why would he do that? So he could be a man like you and me. So he could be a man like you and me. Now why would he have to be a man? Because a man had to pay for all this iniquity. A man had to pay for it. A man had to pay for it. Jesus said in the Old Testament that the life is in the blood. And if there's sin, something's got to die. That blood has to be shed for that sin. That's the way it always has been. The wages of sin is death. Something had to die. Well, in the Old Testament, they had the sheep and the goats and the bulls and the, and the bullocks. But you know what? It didn't take the sin away. It just covered it for a while. So Jesus left heaven, left all his godly powers, his divinity, and he came down here to become a man so he could die. So he could die. You can't kill a God. You can't. This one had to die. There had to be a death, and there had to be blood. And so the Father sent Jesus you know, it says in, in Revelations that Jesus was crucified from the foundation of the earth. Before this earth was even formed, he knew he was coming. And like I've said before, he created. Everything was created by Jesus. He created Calvary. He created it knowing that's where he was headed. Why? Because he loves you. Because he loves you. Because God loves you. For God so loved you, he sent Jesus. Why? We needed rescued. We needed saved. We needed saved. We needed rescued. We were on our way to destruction. And we have a God who is also a father. Did you know that God was your father God was your father. Any father doesn't want to see their children go to destruction. No father does. No real father. Well, this one is the father of all of us, and he is love. He doesn't just love us. He is love. He didn't want his children going to destruction. So he sent the only one that could save us. The one that was with him daily, his delight. And Jesus came as a man. And he let them, by the, by the pre-plan of God, let them put him on the cross. And when he was on the cross, as he was on the cross, it says in verse 6, the Lord has laid on him the iniquity of us all. As Jesus was hanging there, the world's sin went on that body. The world's sin. 
not sin as a plural, not sin as a composite, your sin. Your sin was taken from you and it was put on that body by Jehovah. It says in Hebrews that he gave himself um, that he gave himself and that eternal spirit, the eternal spirit, the spirit of God was the one with him getting that sin on him. Jesus couldn't do it on his own. He was a man. He was the sacrifice. The spirit of God had to get all that sin on him. And he did. That eternal spirit put everything I did on that body. I didn't, wasn't even born yet. God knew. God knew. Sin was going on that body. Your sin. God knew. And that sin was taken from you. That thing that bothers you in the middle of the night. Those things that talk to you. Those things that accuse you day and night. Those things were put by that eternal spirit of God on that body. That body. And it went into his soul. That body. Can you imagine? The working of a man and the Holy Ghost, that eternal spirit working, getting all that you and I have done into his soul, on his body. Do you know in Psalm 22, it says that all my bones came out of joint. Do you know that's proof that's what sin does to a body. That's what sin does to a body. And as that sin went on his body, that body began to break apart. I have seen people with dislocated parts. And it is extremely painful. And it is grotesque to look at and that body that body of Jesus as it says in Isaiah 52 was marred more than any man why that man was receiving our sin our sin those things that talk to you he received took it gladly, and the body began to break apart. Says it in Isaiah 53, the beginning, he had no form. Why? Because the form was breaking apart. The bones didn't break. They were all dislocated. Psalm 22, Jesus said, my bones look and stare at me. Why? Our sin our sin. As John said, behold the lamb who taketh away the sin of the world. How did he take it away? He bore it. He bore it. 
in his own body. He took it and it went into his soul. If you will receive this, if you will study. You know, I see one of the things, one of the ministries that God gives me is to open your eyes. It's true. How many of you, like me, that God has ministered to these things, and then you go read that word and you see it everywhere? Why? Because God has opened your eyes. God has opened your eyes. I pray that God opens all our eyes. I pray at every meeting. But you will see when you read those bones that were dislocated. You will see that that body was marred more than any man why he had our sin. Now if you will receive this, Jesus died the world's worst sinner. He died the world's worst sinner. Why? He was carrying what you and I did. Oh, the day when God started opening this up to me. The conversations back and forth with the Holy Ghost. And God said to me, Kathy, Jesus didn't carry your sins in a suitcase. They were in his heart. They were in his soul. It was he took them as if he committed them. Jesus died a murderer. He died a murderer. He carried murder. He carried your murder. He died a wife beater. He died a child beater. He died a baby murderer. He died a robber. He died an extortioner. He died with genocide. With genocide. He carried genocide. He carried all these things. Why? There's a spirit in him that could handle it. It says in the Proverbs that a wounded spirit can't bear anything, can't bear anything, but a, but a spirit can carry a lot. Well, guess what spirit was in him? The spirit of Jesus. The spirit of Jesus was in him. He was in a man's body, but that spirit could carry it. And he died with all that sin. All that you committed. If you're not here, you can speak it out right now. What you've committed was on that body. He died with it. He died with it. And you know what? You know what happens to sinners when they die? They go to hell. They go to hell. If you remember Jesus on the cross, one of the last things he said is, My God, my God, why hast thou forsaken me? Isaiah 59. He was carrying your sin. God can't look on your sin. God can't look on sin. God can't hear. He turned his face away from Jesus. Did you hear that? God, Jehovah himself, Jesus' father, turned his face from Jesus. Wouldn't look at him. Wouldn't look at him. 
My God, my God, why hast thou forsaken me? He couldn't look at him. He had my sin on him. He couldn't look at him. He had my sin on him. He had your sin on him. God couldn't look at him. Thank you, Jesus. That's why God can look at you now. And Jesus died with that sin, and he went to hell for it. And it says in Psalm 88, he, li he was laying in the lowest pit. Why? He'd committed the most sin. He had the most sin. He's in the lowest pit. He is not sitting down there drinking an iced tea, waiting for God to raise him from the dead. He was in hell. Read it in the Psalms. Psalm 88, Psalm 69. It's all through there. He went to hell paying for your sin, crying out to God. And God wouldn't hear him. He couldn't until day three. Until day three. If he will go to Isaiah 53, verse 10, yet it pleased the Lord to bruise him. You see that? It made God happy to do that. That it pleased the Lord to bruise him. He has put him to grief. When thou shall make, when who? When God shall make his soul, his soul, an offering for sin. He shall see his seed. He shall prolong his days. The pleasure of the Lord shall prosper in his hand. Why? He shall see the travail of his soul. The father finally sees the travail of Jesus in hell. Paying for sins he never committed. Paying for sins he never committed. And it says he shall see the travail of Jesus' soul and he was satisfied. He was satisfied. There was a moment when the father was satisfied with that sacrifice of Jesus for our sins. Jesus did, would have never gone to hell. He would have never even seen it. But he had our sins. The Father was satisfied. Now I want you to think about that word for a minute. The Father was satisfied. Your sin was on that body. Your sin was on that body. And God was satisfied. What Jesus paid for, God was satisfied. That's enough. He's paid enough. He's paid enough. Paid for who? Paid for me. Paid for you. That was enough. Do you get it? That was enough. The sacrifice that Jesus made in hell, the travail of his soul, suffering in the lowest of the pits, the lowest pit, Father said, that's enough. 
I'm satisfied. Do you get that? Get it in your heart. What you did, what Jesus did for you, the Father was satisfied. The moment the Father was satisfied, the moment the Father was satisfied, oh, that's sin. Now he's satisfied. What does he do? What does he do? Oh, I remember the day when I was fighting in the Spirit. God was trying to show me this, and I couldn't see it. I couldn't see it. The Spirit of God kept coming up on me. That the, the, the Father was satisfied. Okay, okay, there's something I'm missing here. What am I missing? And I was in my bedroom, and I walked, you know, I was walking around, and I had my Bible on my, my sanctified dresser. And I had my Bible on the dresser, and I'd go over, and I'd read these passages, and, and I didn't get it. And I'd walk around again. You know, I did this for, I believe, over an hour. And I'm praying in tongues. And I'm considering what God's trying to tell me. And I'm not getting it. And I keep praying. And I keep pushing. And I keep reading. There's something God's trying to tell me here. And I don't see it. Well, then it came to the point. I saw it. I saw it. I saw it. It says, he shall see the travail of his soul and shall be satisfied. By his knowledge shall my righteous servant justify many. For he shall bear iniquities. Therefore. Therefore. There's a but and there's an and. Therefore. Therefore I will divide him a portion with the great. Therefore he was satisfied. Therefore sins are forgiven and he raises Jesus from the dead. Jesus accomplished what the Father told him to accomplish. And the Father is satisfied with that sacrifice. Therefore, he raises him from the dead. That's enough, Jesus. Come out. That's enough. Come out. Do you know the moment Jesus was raised from the dead, your sins were forgiven? The moment Jesus was raised from the dead, your sins were forgiven. Listen to these words. The work has already been done. The sacrifice has already been made. Your sins are already paid for. He bought that on the cross. He paid dearly. The work is already done. Already done. There's only two things you have to do to make it work in your life. We read one, believe it. Believe it. Trust it. Rely on it. Commit to it. Make it yours. When you believe that Jesus paid for your sins, was raised from the dead, and your sins are forgiven, when you believe that, you will have it work in your heart. The whole world's sins have been forgiven. 
everybody's sins have been forgiven. All were paid for. He said, John said, taketh away the sins of the world. Yes, Hitler's sins were forgiven. But he, you have to believe it. The just shall live by faith. You have to believe it. You have to believe it. And the other thing you have to do with forgiveness of sins is you've got to forgive anybody that has done anything to you. It works both ways. It says in the word that if you won't forgive, your sins won't be forgiven. Jesus paid a dear price for you and he paid a dear price for the one that hurts you. Jesus paid for their sins too. Their sins? You don't know what they did to me. He paid for their sins too. And if you want your sins forgiven, you're going to have to forgive them. It's not easy sometimes. You need the grace of God sometimes. You need all the mercy God can muster sometimes, but you're going to have to forgive them. If you want yours forgiven, you're going to have to forgive them. Anytime anything comes up in my heart that even looks like unforgiveness or looks like I'm upset, I start forgiving. Why? I want my sins to stay out. I want that justification to keep working. Now, one more verse. First John. How do we get this to work? John tells us. Verse 9, chapter 1. First John 1, 9. If we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins. Why? Because he already paid for them. The work is already done. The work is already done. They are already forgiven. They have already been paid for. Your forgiveness has been bought. They're not going to be any more payment for sin. He paid it all. But to get it to work in your life, if we confess our sins, and you don't have to confess it to anybody but Jesus. It says, if we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins. He's faithful. He's faithful. He's faithful. Why? Because he already paid for it. If you think about Jesus' side of this for a minute, you paid for all these sins in hell. You want him to receive it, the forgiveness. You don't want to waste that time down there. He didn't want to go down there for nothing. He didn't want to waste his time. He's going to forgive you. He paid an awful lot to get you forgiven. He's going to receive you. He's going to be faithful. Faithful and just to forgive you your sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Cleanse us. Not only is he going to forgive you, he's going to get it out of there. For you won't even want to commit it again. Amen? That's justification. He's going to take it out and he's going to clean it up where it's not like you've ever even committed a sin. Our God has got enough power 
to take the most sinful and make them pure. Make them pure. Not just forgiven. He has enough power, enough ability. This man, Jesus, spoke the world into being with the Father. There wasn't any light. And he said, let there be light. There wasn't an earth. And he made the earth. There weren't any animals. He made the animals. There was no man. He made man. He has that kind of creative power. He can take the worst and make them pure. Pure. He wants to make you pure. Just like Jesus. Pure. Suck on that for a couple days. Pure. Now, to even start in this kingdom, you are going to need to be born again. I'm getting messages from people that have prayed the prayer. Amen. Jesus will meet you. He paid the price for you. He is going to meet you. You need to be born again. And it is simple to do that. And when you are born again, you get the spirit of the man that was on the cross in you. You get the spirit of Christ. You don't get the Holy Ghost. You get the spirit of Jesus. Romans 8. Now, pray this prayer with me and Jesus will meet you. Jesus, come into my heart. Come into my heart. Be Lord of my life. I give it up. Be Lord of my life. Show me. Give me the revelation of that gospel that you were raised from the dead. Lead me. Guide me. Fix me. Thank you for opening my ears that I can hear you. And I ask this in your name. Amen. Amen. I get thanks, Father. I thank you. I get thanks, Father. I thank you. I get thanks, Father. I thank you. I get thanks, Father, I thank you. Is there anyone that needs prayer here? I get thanks, Father, I thank you. I ask you to use your faith and pray with me because I know God's after something. I get thanks, Father. I get thanks, Father, I thank you for the power that raised Jesus from the dead. Father, I thank you. I thank you for that power that raised Jesus from the dead. Father, I thank you for that power. Father, I thank you for that power that raised Jesus from the dead. Father, I thank you for that power that raised Jesus from the dead. Father, I thank you for that 
raised Jesus from the dead. Father, I thank you for that power that raised Jesus from the dead. Father, I thank you. I thank you for that power. I thank you for that power that raised Jesus from the dead. Father, I thank you for that power that raised Jesus from the dead. Father, I thank you for that power that raised Jesus from the dead. Father, I thank you. I thank you. I thank you. You. I thank you. I thank you for that power that raised Jesus from the dead. I thank you for that power that raised Jesus from the dead. Father, I thank you for that power that raised Jesus from the dead that you want to minister. I give thanks. I give thanks that you want to minister. I give thanks you want to minister your power. I give thanks. I give thanks you love righteousness. I give thanks. I give thanks. I give thanks. I give thanks you love righteousness. You healing us. You love healing us. I get thanks. You love delivering us. You love righteousness. I get thanks. I get thanks. I get thanks. You're ministering to her right now. Your love of righteousness. I get thanks. I get thanks. I get thanks. I get thanks. You righteousness. I get thanks. I get thanks. I get thanks. You love righteousness. You love us. I get thanks. You love us. I get thanks. You love us. Pour your love into her right now, Father. Pour your love into her right now. Open her heart to your love. You love righteousness. You love rescuing your daughters. You love healing our broken hearts. You love it. I get thanks. You love it. That's why you sent Jesus. I get thanks. Pour your love into this woman right now in Jesus' name. Pour that love into her right now. Give her the revelation of your love. Of your love. I get thanks. I get thanks. I get thanks. Pour your love into her right now. Father, pour your love into your daughters right now. Pour your love in. Pour your love in. Pour your love in. He has not given us the spirit of fear, but of power and love.
love. Love. Love. If you're a mama, would you ever put your children in something that they couldn't handle? Would they ever do, would you ever do that? Right. Right. He's right there with you. He is right there with you, strengthening you. Strengthening you. Strengthening you. Strengthening you. Strengthening you. Strengthening you. I give thanks, Father. You are strengthening her. That's right. Strengthening you. His strength. Not our strength. His strength. His strength. He's putting Jesus in you. I give thanks. He is putting Jesus in you. That's where your strength comes from. Amen. Amen. I get thanks, Father. I thank you. I get thanks. I get thanks, Father. I thank you. 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 I get thanks. I'd like you to join your faith with me. Pray for Julie. She's got an appointment tomorrow. And God's with her. I get thanks, Father, I thank you. Father, I thank you. I get thanks, Father, I thank you. I get thanks. I get thanks. I get thanks, Jesus, I thank you. I get thanks, Jesus, I thank you. I get thanks, Father, I thank you. I get thanks. 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 I get thanks, Father, I thank you. I get thanks, Jesus, I thank you. I get thanks. I get thanks for the power that raised Jesus from the dead. I get thanks for that power. I get thanks for the power that raised Jesus from the dead. I get thanks for that power. 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 I get thanks for that power in Jesus' name. I get thanks for that power. I get thanks for that power. I get thanks for that power. Now you love righteousness, Father. I get thanks for that power. I get thanks in Jesus' name. I get thanks for the same power that healed Jesus is in her body now healing her. I get thanks for the same power. For the same power that healed Jesus is the same power in her now. I 
Jesus is in her, healing her now. In Jesus' name, that same power, that same power is in her, healing her now. In Jesus' name, that same power that healed Jesus is in her, healing her. In Jesus' name, in Jesus' name. You keep praying that. Amen. Amen. I get thanks. I get thanks. I get thanks. A real quick testimony. This morning I had somebody contact me very early. They had a rough night. Had a rough day yesterday. And the, um, they were telling me all that they were dealing with. And I wrote back to them and there was nothing in my spirit. You know, I even had my coffee, so, you know, we were awake. But there was nothing in my spirit, and I said, Father, what do you want me to do? There's nothing here. And then I heard the spirit, hey, tell her, tell her to thank me, to give thanks for all that Jesus did for her. I know that one. So I did. I told her, give thanks, give thanks. She didn't have any outward signs of anybody that would want to give thanks. Ever been there? The last thing you want to do is give thanks. But, like I said, there was nothing in my spirit except that. I said, give thanks. And I said, give thanks for everything that Jesus did for you on the cross. And there's still nothing in my spirit. In a little bit, she said, all right. In a little bit, I could sense my faith rising. I thought, this is cool. About her. And then she wrote me, she said, I'm trying to remember all the words to this song. There is joy in the Lord, put your sadness away. When she, when I realized she was doing what she was told, she was giving thanks. And you know what? Her faith started moving. And you know when her faith started moving, so did mine. And I started casting the devil out. Get your faith. It's mutual faith. So when you bring your faith here, if you're coming here every morning and every evening, I mean, we are a serious group. Aunt Gertrude's never going to walk through these doors. They're not serious. This is for serious Christians. But you got to have your faith with you. Expect to be ministered to. Expect God to talk to you. Expect to get the answers that you need. When she did that, my spirit rose up and I cast the devil out and I said, how are you doing now? She said, better, thank you. You know, I have to do the same thing with me. When I would rather do something else, I've got to take a hold of my faith and start thanking God. Amen? See you next week. Thank you for joining Kathy Davidson and the ministers of music from Water of Life Church. She would love to hear from you. You may reach her by email at kd at kdwol.com. Or you may write her at Kathy Davidson, care of Water of Life Church, post office box 861-327, Plano, Texas 75086. You may find her on the internet at www.kdwol.com and on Facebook and Twitter. Until next time, God bless.